Welcome to the Support Ops Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Clemens. This is a show devoted entirely to bringing some humanity back to the world of customer support. Find us on the web. It's at supportops.co. We're on Twitter, at supportops there. Special thanks to this week's sponsor, Sticker Mule. And if the name didn't give it away, Sticker Mule makes stickers, right? Crazy. Really crazy. Um, They make stickers. They make custom skins for your iPhone, your iPad, your iWhatever, your laptop, your Kindle, all sorts of different things. And one of the things I love about them is just like we aim for fast response times when it comes to emails, Sticker Mule does the same thing when it comes to producing and then actually delivering your stickers. So they've got this entire process from the, the moment you submit to them to the moment that you get them. It takes five days, which makes them the fastest sticker printer in the world. It's absolutely crazy. Go check them out, stickermule.com. This is episode number 18. We're an adult. It's great. And on the show is Carl Holscher. So everyone say hi to Carl. Thanks for uh, being on the show. Oh, thanks, Chase. Glad to be here. Yeah, you know, it's one of those we've uh, talked before. I finally uh, wanted to get you on the show and, and everything worked out. Uh, the irony on this show that we should point out before we start is the fact that two guys that work in tech support, customer support, were having tech problems getting Skype to work. This is very true, but we did, <laughs> but we did solve them quickly and you know fairly accurately, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, you know, mine was a uh, a stupid mistake. It's uh, the mute button on my mic gets stuck every now and then, and so it looks like it's on, but it's really not on. Yeah, and, and my, it's yeah, my problem was just trying to use Windows eight to make this happen. So I'm, I'm back <laughs> on the iMac, you know, where I should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Windows eight is uh, is interesting. I'll put it that way. Yes, very true. Um, they had a, an article come out the other day that uh, caught my eye. There, I don't know if they're backpedaling or, or how much they're going to change or whatnot. But you know, Windows 8 was this huge, big experiment, um, and I'm I'm a big fan of trying new things. But now, all the problems that Windows that that Microsoft has had, all their all the problems they had with their users and and be it usability problems, and there's this big learning curve to, to Windows 8 and all that. Anyways, long story short, they're going to start rolling back some of that and going back to the old style. Now, we don't know really how much quite yet or, or details well i should say as of this recording on may 8th at five o'clock central time we don't know all the details but did you uh you know you being in the tech world did you kind of see that one coming i'm not sure if i saw it coming but i was sort of hoping it would come because again I, I've, I've been playing with windows 8 since the beta came out and ever since it was released i put it on my laptop at home just to sort of get more familiar with it and because i know i'm going to eventually run into those questions from people at work, or if not for the work machines, for their machines at home that are shipping with Windows 8. So it's been a lot to understand and sort of I've been explaining to people, think of the start screen as your start button, and it sort of makes more sense. But I know there's third-party apps that will let you bring back that start bit, start menu button and things that will sort of work around Microsoft's, you know, no compromises approach to Windows 8. So I'm sort of happy to see them sort of going back and compromising on Something that hasn't changed since you know Windows ninety five, but so it'll make my life a little bit easier at least. Which which kind of brings up a good thing. Let's go ahead and dive into some background and all. Tell us who you are, what you do, what company you work for, all that good stuff. All right. Um. I mean, I've I've I went to school for uh, I have a creative advertising degree from Virginia Commonwealth University, which I you know use greatly every day in my job. I basically went to school to learn that I didn't want to work in advertising anymore. And then out of school, uh, I've, I've rolled out computers for the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality. I worked at a print shop briefly. I've worked at the at the city, city, uh, state, and now federal levels of government. Currently, I'm working on a contract for the National Institutes of Health here in Bethesda, Maryland, 
supporting the National Cancer Institute. So it's I'm literally spending my days in with the labs, people researching cancer cures and you know trying to figure out how to beat cancer day in and day out. And I'm helping fix their computers and keeping them up and running best I can. See, that's probably the coolest aspect I find about your job is that you're literally helping to fight cancer, doing tech support, doing customer support. In my own tiny way. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kind of clear up, you know, you are in, in IT support, tech support. How different do you see that from being uh, customer customer support, customer service, and, and every other customer word that's thrown around all the time? Uh, I mean, really, it's not it's not a lot different in that, I mean, obviously, you're dealing with computers, you're dealing with technology, and my, my customers are all sort of, you know, they're all they're all scientists, they're all researchers, they're all sort of people sort of cut of the, in the same vein. They're all, they all work for the same place. Whereas you, I sure see, you know, customers from all over the world, all over, you know, using all sorts of different applications, different different things to get their jobs done for all sorts of different places. My people are using, you know, everything that comes on their PC, their Mac, any piece of software. A lot of stuff I've never heard of and still don't even try to understand that does DNA sequencing. But it's 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 really all about helping the customer, you know, win their battle against technology and help them get their job done. While you know, while while using this technology and keeping keeping it running, keeping it in working fashion, and, and basically getting them the tool they need to do their job with. So really, it's all the same thing. It's just you know, obviously much more tech tech heavy. We talk about customers, and a lot of time customers are people paying us. But your, your customers are kind of like internal ones. They're on the same team that you are, and they're no different than me supporting a, a customer for Basecamp or anything else. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my customers, you know, you know they're not going to go anywhere. If they're unhappy, I'm going to know about it because I have to see them every day. It's not like if I give someone a bad experience, it's not like, oh, maybe I'll never see them again. I could see them in an hour or the next day or the next week. And, you know, that, you know, people have a long memory when you when, when, when you do when you give them good service, they remember when you give them bad service, they remember. So when you get a frown for a bad customer support experience, literally, it's somebody looking at you, giving you the frown going, what's going on? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's someone, someone going, well, you said this was going to work and, you know, it's still not working. You know, why not? And then, you know, tra- you know, again, working with them and, you know, getting them to a place where we can either fix their problem or at least get them, get them on the right road to a repair and to a fix. So let's kind of walk through what your average kind of interaction would work like. So say I'm, I'm one of the guys, not that I'm smart enough to fight cancer, but pretend that I'm one of the guys down the hall that's fighting cancer. Um, and, and I've got a problem with, with my computer. It's, it's Windows is, is throwing some error or my Mac is throwing some error. How do I contact you and, and kind of what's the process from there forward? Uh, well, the process, you know, again, I'm in a federal government setting. So the process is really, you know, our customer will either email or call our help desk. You know, they'll, they'll dispatch a ticket through the system. And it'll, it'll, you know, if it's a National Cancer Institute person, it'll come to me. You know, I, I cover one floor of the building I'm in. Everything happens on that floor is all my responsibility. So I'll get the ticket. You know, my BlackBerry will buzz at me. My queue will pop up. Uh, I'll, I'll get the ticket. You know, to see what the criticality is, see what the problem is, and and also just you know to see who the person is. Obviously, you know, you know if it's a VIP critical user, it, you know, it's going to be a little higher priority than just someone else. Not to say that they're not important, but you know, just the, just in our in our SLAs and our responses, everyone everyone falls in that range somewhere. So, you know, basically I'll see what the problem is and then go take care of it. You know, bring the tools I need to take with me or oftentimes it's going to see them and then trying to figure out what the problem actually is. So when, uh, since it is federal government related and all that, I'm guessing that you're probably not using some general support app or something like that. It's probably custom built or something. Um, actually, I mean, where I'm now, we're using a service called ServiceNow, which we just we actually moved to from a custom built app not that long ago. Sort of all of the National Institutes of Health rolled over to that, and we rolled over with them. So we've been sort of learning that new system in addition to you know you know providing the support and and doing our normal job. And you mentioned you had like kind of a, a, a toolkit earlier. You know, you're dealing with 
with all these different kind of operating systems and computers and, and laptops and everything else, what what tools are you carrying around just to kind of give us a, an idea of, of what kind of problems you're fixing along the way? Okay. Um, uh, as far as tools go, I mean, I've got sort of one hardware tool. I've got the little a little key called the shard. I can't remember what it is exactly. I'll find the link later. Um, but basically, it just has a flathead screwdriver, a Phillips head screwdriver, and like a little pry bar on it. It's about like an inch and a half long, lives on my keychain, because you never know when you're going to need a screwdriver just to open an old case or to pop something out or something like that. But then I've got two USB keys in my pockets at all time. One is a smaller key. It's got a couple bootable tools, uh, Gparted, a uh, tool for resetting Windows passwords, um, just some like some malware tools, just sort of some basic stuff. And then the bigger one has a lot of the installers we use at NCI, but also, again, mal- anti- anti-malware tools. I've got a bootable copy of Linux just if I need to get into, you know, to do a, do a repair or to back up data. Uh, I've got uh, Defragler and CCleaner for you know getting cruft off machines and, and looking at hard drive health. I've got a memory tester, sort of a sort of a Switch Army knife of tools I've built up over the years. Uh, one of my favorites is called Patch My PC. You you literally plug it into the machine, it goes out, and it'll update Flash, uh, Java, Acrobat, basically any any of the things that get gets updated twice a week. It'll just pull, go out, pull the latest versions down, does it all online, and then. It runs, it finishes, and you're up to date, and you can be on your way as opposed to searching the 20 different websites, pulling down installers, installing them, making sure you don't get all the extras that come with them. It just takes takes care of it all for you. That sounds like the best Swiss Army knife ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, and again, to kind of give us an idea, what kind of, we talked about Windows, we talked about Macs. Are are we talking, uh, you're supporting newer stuff, or since it's government, are we storing in like Windows XP kind of thing? Oh, there's there's a little bit of a, uh, everything across the board. I ran into a beige Mac running OS eight the other day on some <laughs> some ancient piece of equipment, and that's what it'll run. But really, it's the game. We've got you know iPads and MacBook Airs running ten eight. We've got again you know old. Uh, I talked to a guy the other day on a Performa machine that he had at home. He's been using forever, running OS nine. I mean, it's on the PC side. It's mostly XP and Windows seven. A few Windows 8 machines are starting to trickle in, but it's mostly mostly in that range. A couple old 2000 machines. We've had a couple of requests for Windows 95 and 98 software, but we're not really supporting that anymore. We're trying to trying to wean people off that, if at all possible. You had a request for Windows 95. Yep, someone wanted wanted us to. <laughs> they had this this ancient piece of software that would only run in 95 that uses you know again it hooks, it hooks to some piece of scientific scientific equipment that does I don't know DNA sequencing or something far beyond my understanding. But the vendor's like, nope, it runs in 95, and that's it. You know, I guess if you're curing cancer, then we'll we'll let you slide on Windows 95. <laughs> and That's you know, whatever whatever the tool you need to do the job. <laughs> <laughs> so with all these, you said you're responsible for one floor. With all these different machines and equipment and, and operating systems and everything else, just on that one floor, how do you begin to keep them straight? Do do you just kind of show up and and see what they've got running, or do you keep a list of this kind of stuff? Um, it's sort of gets to a point where I sort of, like I sort of know some some labs tend to be Mac heavy, some tend to be Linux heavy, some are PC heavy. So I sort of know like depending on the room number, you know, sort of which lab I'm going to, what I'm probably going to run into. And, and I mean, I've been at the same place probably about four or five months now, so I sort of have a pretty good sense. It's it's nice in the fact that I get to sort of see the same customers day in and day out, and I get to learn their preferences and what they're running and you know what their setups are and how many different languages they have installed on their computers, things like that. It's really nice in that you know I serve a fairly you know probably 150 to 200 people day in and day out, but I really get to learn them as customers, and it's not just you know everyone in the free world calling me for help. So I, I sort of get to know what I'm walking into at least a little bit before I walk into it. So, when you walk into this this kind of situation, does it 
does it help actually being there sitting in, in front of their computer or because that's like in-person support all the time which makes us online app people go oh, okay <laughs> yeah okay um but i guess when, when you're supporting only just a, a floor uh, a specific floor it's not quite as bad doing that in-person support right yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's what I prefer to do. I mean, there's there's a lot you can do remotely, but it's much easier if you can go to someone and say, okay, here's the end. It's like, here's what the ticket says. Here's what the call says. You know, show me what you're trying to do. Show me what show me what you're doing and and how is it not working or how is it working and how would you like it to work? It's it's invaluable to be able to see see the person doing what they're trying to do in front of you. So you can see, are they hitting the wrong button? Is it the software acting up? You know, you can really tell a lot more from seeing someone do what they're trying to do versus them trying to explain it to you over the phone, especially if English is their second language or even if English is their native language. Sometimes, you know, just the, the tech jargon to English translators, you know, aren't that good. <laughs> I was going to say, my brother speaks English fine, but trying to get him <laughs> to explain what a what, what's going on with his laptop or whatnot is, is a nightmare at some times. Um, but I guess that's kind of what we do. It's probably the same with you. I go home for Thanksgiving or Christmas and all of a sudden it's like, let's update everyone's computers and let's update everyone's iPads that are running like two operating systems behind and, and all that. Yeah, I mean, actually, I've sort of dodged that bullet a fair amount. My, my both of my parents are fairly tech savvy and don't have a lot of need of their technology. So every now and again, I'll get the I'll get the occasional like you know my email is doing this weird question, but knock on wood, all all, all I'm doing I'm pretty good on that front. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the uh, the ways that I first got introduced to you was over at your your website parody.com, and parody is going to spell a little different p-e-r-o-t-y dot com i'll make sure to put a, a link to it in the show notes and and one of the first things i did was kind of read back through some of the different articles you posted which is great because you're you're tackling tech support from a tech perspective you're you know you're giving advice about um what what kind of machines that people should look for and and how the easiest way to find malware and all that kind of thing is why the the interest in, in sharing that kind of information through your through your website i mean really it's just it's it's sort of where i found my passion in life you know like i said i went to school for advertising learned i didn't want to work in advertising sort of stumbled into technology but i've always yeah, i've always enjoyed helping people and just helping them understand technology better and that's i mean that's that's where my passion is, that's where my interest lies I, i've always been a tinker i've always taken apart machines and old computers to figure out how they worked whether they were broken or not um, and just, uh, I feel like if I can put that information out there, it's going to help people, you know, more and more because you know we're not moving any further away from technology in, in life. It's it's going to only become more and more, you know, a part of our society whether we want it to be or not. And just anything I can do to help, and any advice I can give, you know, if sort of if I can if I can be that resource for people, I'm more than happy to do that. I kind of guess, you know, when I was when I was reading through your site and everything, you have lots of good kind of nuggets of information and about you know looking at your your customers as looking at your, your team as customers and, and having internal customers, that kind of thing. But uh, what's, if you had to pull out kind of one big piece of advice, if, if somebody went to your site and said, hey, what's the one thing that Carl is going to want me to know? What kind of, what one piece would that be? I think the biggest thing would be, you know, I get asked for recommendations to, to things all the time. Should I buy a Mac or a PC? Should I buy this app or that app? You know, what do you recommend for this? The biggest thing that sort of annoys me about like websites online is they'll have you know the top twenty five ways to do this or the top fifteen ways or thirty ways to look great in thirty days. You know, uh, I really feel deeply it's it's people are looking for a solution. They want one answer, maybe two, but you know if you can give them one recommendation, you know you should buy a PC because of this. You should buy a Mac because of this. You should buy this app or that app. And that's you know and that's not always a quick 
oh, you know, should I buy a PC? We'll do it because this. You know, it's all about asking questions and figuring out what they're really wanting, what they're really wanting to do with with their purchase, whether it be hardware, or software, whatever. I mean, whatever it is in life, finding out what they really want to do with it and giving them that one recommendation to say, you know, go buy this. This will make you happy. Yeah, you know, I, I've kind of experienced the same thing when uh, when people write in. They they always just want to know what's the what's the quickest way I get from point A to point B. It's you know if you're you're talking with somebody about how to get around town, they're going to tell you well you could go this way, you could go that way, or you could jump on the interstate and run down this way. Um, but in the end, I'm kind of just looking for point A to point B. What's the quickest way? Don't give me choices or recommendations or, or anything else. Just tell me one way, and, and that's what'll make me happy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have the same problem when I go into the grocery store. It's like, okay, let, let me get some cough medicine. Okay, well, there's 27 varieties of cough medicine. You know, which one? Which one would serve me best? I have no idea. You know, I usually just pick one off the shelf and go. This is good enough. <laughs> I do the same thing with uh, toothpaste. Let's just pick one. <laughs> Close your eyes and pick one. Exactly. Yeah, we'll go with blue today. That'll be perfect. <laughs> so when you're working with these uh, doctors and, and researchers and things like that, um, is that kind of your same? Uh, your same modus operandi you, you kind of go in and say this is how you're you're going to want to do it instead of giving them uh, a, a plethora a buffet or whatever you want to call it of, of choices yeah for the most part yeah there, there are a couple people who are you know who are just as tech savvy as i am and and and, and their questions will usually say well you know like what are my options to do this and for those people i'll say well you could do you know you could do this this or this but for most people they're like you know this isn't working how do i make this work i say you know do it this way here's one route you know, to, to get to get this done. It, it really just depends on, you know, if it's someone I know and I sort of know their level of interest and their level of tech savvy, I'll, I'll cater my answer to them as a person and to, and to what they're looking for. But otherwise, yeah, I'll give them one route and say, you know, do this. But then if they say, well, what are my other choices? Then I'll, you know, pony up some other ones as well. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it makes things easier on those non-tech savvy kind of people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if they can get that one answer, then they can go and, and do something with it, you know, an actionable answer then that makes them just as, you know, the happiest they can be because they can go and do something with this information instead of having it and then still mulling over, well, do I do option one or option two? They can just say, boom, I want this, go to the store, buy it, and you're good to go. So is everyone on the, the IT team, the IT team there, as awesome as you, or is everybody kind of doing it differently? Is it, do you, do you have any, like, team meetings about this? Is how we're going to approach this problem or anything like that? Uh, we, we don't have a lot of like meetings. Really. I mean, there's like in the building I work in. There's there's eight of us that work in one in the same building. We're sort of in a big room in the basement downstairs in our lair, and then there's you know, and we're, but we're in constant contact with each other and also with the other teams on on the NIH campus. And there's other parts of our company who are serving NIH or um, uh, the National Cancer Institute in other buildings. But we're constantly on email and in chat between each other, saying, yeah, "Have you seen this issue? Have you seen this issue?" You know, I had to go apart. Um, there's a whole, we have a whole you know wiki set up. Th- that, that lets us collaborate on all sorts of, you know, again, the, the fixes that have come out, security of vulnerabilities. There's always stuff that, you know, again, because we have, we sort of have the, the luxury of having, you know, network teams and security teams that are looking into, oh, hey, you know, this latest Windows update is going to break things. Don't install it. Or, hey, you know, here's the latest attack, uh, latest round of phishing attacks that are going around. So we, we have the, we have the, the benefit of having that sort of larger team around us, but it's it's that constant communication between each other and between the different teams that, that really gives us the be- you know the benefit of working and, and solving the problems that we do. It's just you know we don't sort of have to be experts in everything. We can all sort of sort of have our little niche in this area, that area, and someone else will have the answer we need when we need it. So, last question to kind of to kind of wrap things up. And it's one that I really love. I ask it for everybody that comes on this show. When we're when you're talking uh, about support interactions, what's the best 
support experience you've had where you were the customer. That's the kicker. It's not you giving it. It's you getting some kind of support that really just knocked your socks off. You know, you think I've listened, I've listened to every episode thus far, and I've been always thinking about this question. It's like, oh, I know he's going to ask me this. I know we're going to get to this point. Um, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. <laughs> absolutely. And yeah, at least it's, it's so hard to figure out on the other end. It's like, well, how do I handle this? Um, I, I think, honestly, it, it's got to be the Apple Store. I, I know I probably sound like a broken record when it goes to the Apple Store, the Apple Store, the Apple Store. But, um, I mean, there's just there, – there's only one one situation that stands out in my mind. But um, the last place I worked, uh, we, we took we took machines in, into our local Apple Store for repairs all the time and just – I had one day where I was just – I had this Mac Mini. It would not turn on. could not get the power on. tried to get a couple different power adapters. It just would not would not work. So I was like, you know, brand new. We had it like two weeks out of the box. Took it to the Apple store and this is a situation where I just – you know, it's like you think, you think you know what you're doing. But some days you just have those days where your brain doesn't work. <laughs> and took it up there. You know, the girl plugs in. She's like, oh, it's working just fine. I was like, how did you do that? She was like, well, for the newer Mac Minis, they have a different – you know, the different power. There's a different uh, – uh, what is it? Uh, voltage, wattage, whatever it is on the yeah. power adapter. She's like, this one's different than the other ones. I was like, that, that's all it was. She's like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know and, and, and I felt like enough of it, but she was very nice, very sweet. Didn't make me feel like a moron, but I was like, you know, you have those days where, you know, did you plug it in? You know, well, I thought I had, but not well enough, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's just those simple things. Like I was telling you earlier with the uh, the mute button on on my thing. It's it's the simple things that's usually well. It's that whole Occam Razor's thing, right? The simplest uh, explanation is usually the right one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes you you think you've looked at that simple simple answer, but it, you didn't. And four hours later, you go back to it and go, Oh yeah, this wasn't plugged in. That's why it's not working. <laughs> And that's it for this show. You can reach out to Carl on Twitter. He's at Parody, and it's that P-E-R-O-T-Y spelling. Also on the web, P-E-R-O-T-Y dot com, Parody dot com. Thanks to Chase Livingston, our podcast producer, and Sticker Mule for sponsoring this episode. Remember, they do stickers, right? Sticker Mule, they do stickers. So check them out, StickerMule.com. Let me know what you thought of this one. You can find me on Twitter at SupportOps or shoot me an email. It's show at SupportOps.co. Show notes will be up shortly over at SupportOps.co forward slash podcast. Or if you're listening to this one on the site, they're already there. Just uh, look a little bit lower than that player right there on the, uh, the page. I'm Chase. And until we talk again, have an awesome week.